Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. I am Mary Eisen and I will be replacing Jonathan Hessen as the program's host for this week. Over the last few weeks, we have watched Iran practice an offensive military exercise focused against Israel. Iran fired rockets they claim can reach Israel and emphasized that Israel is the target. Yet as we speak, the diplomatic effort to arrive at an agreement with the Islamic regime of Iran about the nuclear issue is scheduled to continue in Vienna. What kind of concessions will be made to Iran as the world tries to curtail the Iranian nuclear program? To discuss these challenging issues, we have with us today the following experts. Dr. Raz Tzimit, Iran expert at the INSS. Hello, Raz. Hi there. Also with us, Mr. Meir Javad Anfal, lecturer on Iran at Reichman University. Hello, Meir. Hello. But first, let us hear from our in-house expert and host of TV7's Powers and Play, Mr. Amir Oren, for a deeper understanding of the subject. Amir, please. So had it uh, been um, a movie rather than a panel discussion, we would have looked at the diplomats uh, going into the hall in Vienna, not the Americans. They are in a back room. They are not meeting directly with the Iranians, even though there is probably some uh, circuit uh, back channel. And the score would have been drum beating and saber rattling. Now, this 2022 is uh, probably the year of decision regarding whether diplomacy will work. And uh, more to the point, we are in a quarter of decision because it cannot go on much longer. The uh, Iranian economy will not withstand uh, more than uh, several uh, additional months of uh, pressure, and the uh, world powers will not that the Iranian tactics of stalling and uh, uh, all the time uh, getting more expertise and perhaps uh, more uh, fissile material uh, accumulated. So um, everyone understands that it's time to uh, fish or cut bait. Fish or cut bait. So, Roz, I'd like to ask you a bit more about what Amir just called Iran's stalling tactics. Could you give us a better understanding of what Iran would like to achieve in the diplomatic rounds in Vienna? What does it mean, stalling tactics? What are they trying to achieve? Well, I think the main objective of the Iranians is very simple. They want the sanctions to be removed. Uh, all the sanctions or most of, most of the sanctions imposed by, uh, by Trump and, and by that, they mean not just the sanctions uh, reimposed after Trump decide, decided to leave the deal, but uh, all the sanctions, even if they are not related to the nuclear program of, of Iran. Having said that, uh, they want the sanctions to be removed before any kind of Iranian uh, going back to its commitments to the JCPOA. And they, they also want some, uh, some guarantees that if 
uh, that first of all, that no future U.S. administration, especially if the Republicans uh, go back uh, in three years, they are not going to leave the JCPOA again. And if they do so, they, they certainly want to have some, uh, I would say, economic or technical guarantees that uh, sanctions uh, are not going to be removed only on paper, but they will, uh, but that Iran will be able to uh, to, have to to get the fruits of the sanctions relief. Because as we some of the, some of us remember, even after the 2015 uh, JCPOA, there there was there were voices in Iran, including by Supreme Leader Khamenei, saying that yes, the sanctions were removed, but uh, but most of Iran's efforts to be engaged in uh, deals, in new deals with uh, uh, with investors or companies, especially from, from Europe, uh, did not materialize uh, due to uh, to certain uh, uh, problems. Uh, both in the Iranian economy and in the in the way the Europeans were ready to 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 make business uh, with Iran. So the the bottom line, they want sanctions relief, and they they want to make sure that they will be uh, able to use those sanctions in any case, even if uh, there is a new president in the United States in three years, will decide to uh, to to again to withdraw from the JCPOA. So that's very clear in that sense. And Maya, what I'd like to ask you is the implications of the sanctions. We always talk about Iran wanting to remove the sanctions. Can you take us deeper into Iran and try and give us a picture of what these sanctions have done to Iran, to the Iranian people? Let's be more specific about what this means there to the economy and, as I said, to the Iranian people. Um. Thank you. Uh, first of all, uh, just one other point, if I can add to Raz's comments regarding the sticking points. Another sticking point between Iran and the P5 plus one is the question of centrifuges. Iran has deployed a number of very advanced centrifuges, which uh, after Trump walked out of the uh, deal, and, there are, and the two sides are having a hard time coming to an agreement. Some, some of the members of the P5 plus one want these new advanced centrifuges to be destroyed. While there's a compromise being talked about, that while Iran wants to basically store them away, so there's a compromise being discussed as is that you know uh, perhaps they will just remove the wiring electro and, and and the electric supplies to these centrifuges in order to disable them. But so far that has not we have not reached a solution. So that's another issue between the two. Um, regarding the sanctions, um, the sanctions have caused, of course, the cause the Iran is not able to sell its oil. And uh, for the last four to two years, unfortunately, uh, Iran still continues to have to use oil as its biggest export earner, even though um, Iran has a lot of capacities. But the regime has failed to diversify Iran's economy away. So one of the biggest impact of the sanctions is the Iran's inability to export oil on the international market. And this is this has been a major this is this has hit the Iranian economy in a major way. Another uh, Iranian another impact of the sanctions has been inability to um, to get investment from other countries in Iran's economy, especially in its energy sector. You know, these oil fields in Iran are getting oil. They, they need to be serviced. Iran's uh, energy sector and automotive sector, which are the biggest um, employers in Iran's economy, need upgrading the infrastructure and the equipment, and this is not happening. Another impact, of course, is the inability to, to make payments to international banks. And this is, of course, hurting the Iranian population in a great way. But at the same time, I have to say, 
that the Iranian regime's own policies, such as refusing to, to ratify the FATF Financial Action Task Force, which is against money laundering, this has also made it very difficult for Iran to, imp to make, for people to make transfers and for Iranian companies to make international transfers. And of course, the issue of corruption, there are some elements within the Iranian regime who do not want all sanctions to be removed because they make, uh, they make a very handsome profit by having a monopolistic hold over Iran's economy. Um, an example I could give you of how some people in Iran don't want all the sanctions to be removed is a statement made by Ismail Haniya. He publicly stated that Iran gives $70 million to Hamas. I think it's impossible for Haniya to reveal such a secret without uh, Iranian permission. Why do some Iranians want Hamas to say this? Because there are certain sectors of the IRGC who want some of the sanctions to remain so that Iran's economy will be closed off so that the Iranian consumer can only and only buy the products produced by their companies and not foreign companies. And as we take that there, and as I'm looking at this, I'm wondering, Amir, where Israel comes into this whole aspect. How does Israel impact the diplomatic front? How do we view in that sense also the sanctions and the removal or possible removal of sanctions in the aftermath of this diplomatic effort? Well, the Israeli uh, cabinet, uh, which was formed uh, last June, and uh, is supposed to, to stay in office for another four years, uh, almost four years uh, from now, is a status quo government. It is not going uh, to have any initiative anywhere, including on the Iranian front. Now, verbally, of course, um, uh, we hear all sorts uh, of uh, announcements uh, and threats, but Israel is basically dependent on the United States, it does not make sense to believe that Israel is going to get for free, not to buy, but to get so much equipment from the United States, F-35s, uh, tanker aircraft uh, necessary for long-range flights, helicopters, and many other items without strings attached. Israel cannot, uh, in practice, uh, undertake such an operation without American acquiescence, at least, if not uh, coordination. So the problem goes back to Washington. And in Washington, President Biden starts this year from a disadvantage on several fronts. First of all, domestically, he is vulnerable going into the midterm elections. One uh, need not uh, analyze it uh, further. Then militarily, his policy is not to start new wars. You cannot undertake a single operation against Iran without uh, planning for a contingency which will draw America into another war. And then diplomatically, we are talking about um, Iran as if this is the single most important issue on the global plate. But in order to succeed vis-a-vis -vis Iran in the talks, the United States needs Chinese and Russian cooperation. At the same time, it is confronting these two powers on Taiwan, on the Ukraine, and several other issues. So Biden will have to be a diplomatic wizard to do everything and come out of the Iran negotiations with a trophy. 
when we talk about a trophy and we talk about the United States involvement, Roz, how do you think the Iranians view what's going on? What are their actions when it comes to the U.S., Russia, China, all of these different actors playing in between them? Are they trying in their diplomacy to really use these differences in the world right now for their own diplomatic efforts? Well, first of all, there, there is a very interesting uh, domestic discussion right now in Iran between the so-called more pragmatic elements within Iran who say that the Russians uh, are playing uh, too, too significant role in, in the negotiations. Uh, and they, some of them at least, uh, even suggest that Iran will, uh, will, uh, will start direct uh, uh, negotiations with the United States in order to maximize their, their demands and not give the Russians uh, the ability to use the negotiations uh, uh, within their own interest. But, the, the, of course, the current government in Iran, the, the Raisi's government and the hardliners in Iran, uh, they have n uh, no intention to agree, at least at, at this point, to any kind of direct contact with the United States. They, they keep saying that the United States is the one who is responsible for, uh, for withdrawing from the JCPOA, so, so they are no, no longer a part of the JCPOA, and there is no, no way of, of uh, direct uh, negotiations between Iran and, uh, and the United States. So they do say, and we, we've seen that over the last uh, few days, uh, saying that uh, we should, we, the Iranians, should use our uh, good relationship with the Russians in order to uh, uh, to to give uh, uh, to give us more uh, more uh, to to support our interests, I, I would say that uh, what we what we've seen over the last few days, and in my view, this is a very interesting uh, issue, is that the Iranian officials and the Iranian media associated with the hardliners uh, try uh, try to to give the impression that it is not the Iranians who gave up their uh, some of their. Uh, 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 objectives in the negotiations, but it is the Western uh, side who gave up some of, of their demands. And that seems to be very important because, because it might give the Raisi's government uh, the opportunity to, sh to show both to mainly to the domestic uh, uh, um, public opinion inside Iran that we managed to get much more concessions from, uh, from, the, from the West uh, in comparison to what has been achieved by the by the, the by the previous government uh, under Rouhani, and if that's the case, they, 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 it, it might give them more incentive uh, uh, to uh, to say, okay, we are going to go back to the JCPOA. We've we've uh, uh, we've succeeded in uh, in uh, getting more concessions from the other side. That's the time when uh, where, where we can get, go back to the JCPOA and have all the credit uh, to uh, Raisi's government. Mayor, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this as well. Well, there is um, th th there is concern in Iran uh, regarding Russia's role. Uh, as Raz said, there are some um, quarters in Iranian um, politics which are not really, they don't have that much of an impact, um, the moderates and the reformists. Um, they are just one of the main reasons why they've been calling for Iran to uh, to have relations with America is because they believe that the Russians are exploiting um, the, the, the fact uh, that Iran does not have relations with America and, uh, and, uh, and the fact that Iran is limiting itself. Iranians are not blind to the fact, and I'm quoting a, a recent newspaper report in the Jomudi Islami newspaper, which is more aligned with the moderates, 
that the same, you know, that, that the Russians cannot be trusted. It listed of various reasons, and one of them is that they are they watch as uh, pro-Iranian forces are getting bombed in Syria. Basically, the, the Iranians are very, uh, very, um, uh, very. They recognize the fact that the Russians' in role in Syria is not exactly that of an ally when when Israeli planes or missiles appear uh, over the skies of Syria. Um, but so, but at the same time, uh, the, 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 the real decision makers in Iran are anti-Western ideologues. Uh, and of course, Trump, by walking out of the nuclear deal, proved them right in some ways. But even during Obama, there were very anti-Western uh, initiatives being taken by Iran. Um, I can give ex one example in 2000, uh, 2011, when, there, uh, when there were the Americans caught the Iranians planning to... Um, blow up the, uh, to, to kill the Saudi ambassador in, uh, in Washington in a restaurant. And, um, and the person who they arrested, they actually the CIA, uh, sorry, the FBI actually watched him as he called his handlers in Tehran. Uh, and the whole thing, the whole um, case was brought before a US civilian court, not even a military court, because the Americans had so much evidence of IRGC involvement in that plot. So um, the, the, the issue is that it's not going to change. The Iranians are going to continue working with the Russians and with the Chinese. There are people in Iran who are, continue, who are going to continue criticizing them. Another recent report is that apparently after, after many years, the oil field has finally been found in the Caspian Sea. This, is, uh, this goes back to Stalin, who, had, uh, who is believed that one, he wanted to force Iran to give concessions in, in the Caspian Sea for oil, but no oil was ever found until now. And there are beliefs that the Russians are telling the Iranians you cannot use this oil, you cannot export this, sorry, gas, it's not oil, this gas to, to Europe. And Iran has gas that could export to Europe. And apparently after the JCPOA, JCPOA was in place and sanctions were removed, the Russians basically did not allow to uh, Iran to export gas via Turkey to Europe because they would have been their competitor. But as long as Ayatollah Khamenei and, and, and his cohorts in Iran are in charge and their hardliners are in charge, they're not going to allow Iran to balance its relations with, the Russia, with, with America and the Russians and the Chinese are going to exploit Iran and nothing's going to change. Amir. Uh, it is safe to assume that uh, because we are only in the second or third year of this decade, depending on whether 2020 was part of this decade or not, it is safe to assume that Ayatollah Khamenei will not survive this decade. So uh, sometime in the um, uh, near to midterm uh, future, we are going to have a change of supreme leadership uh, in Iran. But because of the very history which Mayer alluded to between Iran and the former Soviet Union, of course, it is not identical because Azerbaijan, which was part of the Soviet Union, uh, is bordering Iran. And uh, after World War II, the Soviet Union uh, occupied that part of Iran, which is adjacent to uh, Azerbaijan. But nevertheless, the fear of Russia in whatever capacity is one of the dominant themes in Iranian history. And I'm, I'm uh, saying that uh, just uh, to make the point that China is the wild card. Iran has nothing to fear from China. It may um, cooperate uh, with China against others, especially if one looks 
towards mid-century when China and the United States are obviously the two leading uh, countries uh, in the world. So whatever happens between Tehran and Beijing can uh, still upset the apple cart. So we have Russia, we have China. And Raz, I'm wondering about what Amir just mentioned also, the change of leadership that was expected and has both happened in Iran. How does this impact these diplomatic issues now, a hardline president that changed the possible change of the supreme leader? First of all, I have to say that uh, Iranian clerics uh, have the tendency to live longer. So I'm not sure that uh, Khamenei is going to disappear uh, uh, in the near future. But uh, but you are right. I mean, if you look at the efforts made by the Iranian regime to guarantee that Raisi, the hardline, uh, the hardline Raisi is going to be uh, elected, or I would say selected as the new president, that shows us that the Iranian regime and, and Khamenei himself is certainly uh, looking for the uh, is 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 uh, thinking what will happen in the near future uh, after after he go, he goes away. So uh, I and that leads me to to my uh, sense that uh, there are more and more uh, reasons to believe that in the end, at the end of the day, Iran will go back to the JCPOA because uh, it, it's it's not uh, it's not that the Iranian economy cannot survive uh, more more months or years of uh, economic sanctions. Uh, you know, a foreign. Former foreign minister of Iran, Zarif, once said that Iran has a PhD in dealing with sanctions, and he was right. Uh, and and you, you can certainly see this uh, so-called re, uh, resilient or resistance economy, uh, which had some successes over the two, two or three years. Having said that, uh, even the, 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 the positive indicators of Iranian economy are not sustainable. And that's the problem. And they, they, they certainly want uh, uh, to get a more, stab more stability in Iran. We've seen those uh, uh, protests going on in Iran since uh, late uh, 19, uh, 2017, including during the last summer uh, over the lack of uh, shortage of electricity and water. So the, I, I would say that Khamenei really wants to get some kind of stability. It's not just President Biden who wants to, to, to bring back this, the, the nuclear uh, issue back into the box. Khamenei also has a, 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 an interest to uh, to make sure that Raisi will not deal with the ongoing uh, talks in Vienna, but he will be he will be more free to deal with the economy, with the protests going on, with the with the major problems Iran is facing. And the only way to do that, despite what Khamenei says again and again, we can do without uh, without lift, uh, the removal of the sanctions. But I, I I think that he also understands that the removal of the sanctions is the precondition to deal with other problems. And that makes me uh, more optimistic, or some would say pessimistic, uh, over the, uh, the, the prospects of going back to the JCPOA at the end of the day. Mayor, would you agree with that? Do you see Iran going back to that at the end of the day? I think yes, absolutely. Um, but the question is uh, whether going back to JCPOA is going to be enough, uh, because we saw the last time Iran uh, reached the JCPOA, and President Rouhani was trying his darn best in order to get some foreign investment into Iran and to get Iranian expats back into Iran to work with international communities because they understand the cultures of the of the Europe and America and Iran. 
But soon we saw the hardliners testing a missile with Hebrew writing calling for the elimination of the state of Israel. That's not exactly uh, attracting investment, is it? That's the antithesis to it. So on the one hand, we are very likely, in my opinion, I agree with Raz, that we're going to go back to the JCPOA. But on the, on the other hand, we often overlook the political economy of the Islamic Republic of Iran. What is as important ideologically to the Islamic Republic of Iran is its economic interests. And the economic interest of the IRGC and the people who are very close to centers of power right now with Khamenei and his successor, they thrive in closing off Iran's economy to the international community. They just want to have a very little uh, you know, opening in order to, ex- to, to have, of course, uh, trade, but they want to continue ruling over Iran's economy. They want to continue selling their products, their cars, uh, and their and the, and the food stuff that you know the IRGC today is involved in everything from laser eye surgery to missiles to manufacturing tomato puree, and and I know this may sound a very uh, you know pedestrian to to people who are used to dealing with missiles and nuclear weapons that we're talking about right now. To them, control over the market is very very important, and that's the only way. The only way they can continue to control the market, because they know that the Iranian consumer prefers the foreign products, which are, of course, better, is to continue manufacturing foreign crisis with Israel uh, and with the Saudis. How long will that be sustainable? I don't know. I think they will continue doing their best. And here comes, actually, I think uh, the longevity of this question, this issue. also has other downsides regarding China. We have to, we were talking about China before. Let's not forget that the Iranians rely greatly on China for the sale of their oil. They recently reached a 25 year uh, agreement with the Chinese. But at the same time, China has other more important economic partners in the Middle East, such as Saudi Arabia and Israel. Let's just look at the question of Saudi Arabia. The Chinese were recently caught helping the Saudis develop their missiles in Saudi Arabia, who are those missiles aimed at? Of course, Iran. So uh, the, the, the longevity of Iran's policies in the region will also bring uh, the Chinese into contradictions and they will have sometimes choose sides against Iran. But unfortunately, I have to say on the one hand, yes, Iran will go back to the JCPOA and I fully support that. But don't expect core changes into Iran's ideological Uh, posturing towards the U.S. and Israel because it's not in the interest of the political economy of the Islamic Republic of Iran. Amir. As a certain musician from Liverpool once said, all things must pass. Regimes fall, systems of government uh, are being transformed, South Africa, the Soviet Union, many examples throughout history. Why should Iran be different? Now, uh, one cannot put a timeline on it. And it does not have a plug-and-play economy. If they are going to have better investments, more relations with the West and the like, are they going to endanger it, uh, all of that when the sunset clause is upon us some 10 years from now. So yes, I agree with Raz and Mayer. Uh, there is uh, quite a prospect, I would say, a certainty that we are going to see a revived deal between the powers and Iran. This is all the time that we have for today. I'd like to thank our guests, Raz Tzimt and Mayor Javan Dafal. Thank you both so much. And Shalom from Jerusalem. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. 
For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.